Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Expertise Podcast. I'm your host, Roland Martin, and I hope that today's conversation will expand your knowledge. Today, I welcome Sherry Yuti to the show. Sherry is an author who writes short fiction, which she publishes on her Instagram or on her website and probably some other places as well. But she also has written a novel and is uh, working on another novel that she hopes to get published in the future. Uh, This is another episode where I met my guest for the first time in doing the podcast, and I really enjoyed my conversation with Sherry. It was interesting to hear her writing, her her experience, what, uh, how she's grown in the writing process, kind of how she started in it, and how she's developed along the way. And um, it was also really interesting to hear some of the ideas that she has for stories, her talking about her, her stories, some of the stories she's written a little bit as well. And I really enjoyed the, the part of the conversation too, where we talked about creativity and uh, how we were made to be creative and how that's, that's really showing who we are as we're made in God's image. I ran into a few technical difficulties in um, recording and putting together this episode. I think for the most part, the sound turned out okay. And, um, and I think it'll be quite easy to listen to, but there might be a few places where, where uh, one of us comes through just a little bit quiet, but I tried to, to limit those to, to places where that part of the conversation doesn't matter quite as much. I hope that you will enjoy it and learn from her expertise. Welcome, Sherry, to the Everyday Expertise Podcast. I'm really excited to, to talk to you this morning. Thank you. It's great to be here. So tell me, what uh, keeps you busy currently, or what, uh, what's your life like at the moment? Well, I have two toddlers, so um, my daughter is turning three on Saturday, and my little boy oh, wow. is a year and a half, so okay. I'm often running after them. <laughs> nice, yeah. Well, it sounds like he's really uh, similar in age to my son then, so um, yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, they, they play together pretty well, but we're still, there's a lot of training that goes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. But uh, we also have, we have an Airbnb apartment attached to our house here, so I clean that um, and keep after the, keep after the guests, you know, help them if they need anything. Um, so that's yeah. kind of my job. Excellent. Is that a, do you often have people like more than half the time, would you, would you say you've guessed or how often is it, is someone uh, staying there? It's, it's probably, it's usually just weekends. Um, okay. Like we have uh, people here two weekends uh, this month and we okay. had, mm-hmm. we had someone there more like four days last, last month. We have uh, people coming through that are, are guys that are working in the area often. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's just a, one room apartment so with a bathroom so it works pretty well for them oh yeah that's fantastic and uh, i always think it's really neat the the way that something like airbnb has opened up the the opportunity for for uh someone like you to to be able to to have guests and that kind of thing so yeah it's great anything else that you wanted to share there before we get into your some of your specific projects um yeah i think that's that's the main things that keep me busy (laughs) besides the writing Yeah, so yeah, tell me a little bit about uh, your writing, some of the projects that, uh, that you're involved in and, and work in or different organizations or that kind of thing or uh, different writing projects that you have. So yeah, what are some of those? 
Well, my main writing project is uh, I'm working on a young adult fantasy novel. Uh, mm -hmm. It's called The Secret Cellar. Uh, so okay. I'm polishing yeah. it right now. Yeah, just, yeah. just sorry to interrupt. No, there. What's the spelling of cellar? Cellar, just like S-E-L-L-E-R. Okay, so one who sells? Yes, it's, okay. it's about, it has a kind of an underground market called the Night oh. Bazaar. And each, there's magical wares at each stall. And okay. there each, there's a, like a gem seller, a, a wine seller, a lace seller, and all those things. And then there's the secret seller who, he's kind of hidden in the back and he uh, manipulates the entire city. It's, a, it's based on, a, on Bardia, which is an island city. And okay. he's trying to brainwash the entire city. And the main character, <laughs> Belle, uh, she is a scent maker. So she can grow uh, okay. flowers that they have a magical scent. And okay, she, okay. the scents do different things. Like one does healing and one does, one makes the wear um, beautiful for an hour and just different things like that. Um, so she makes the scents and then she learns that the secret seller is planning to, he's trying to get someone to, he's trying to capture her to get her to make a scent that will uh, brainwash everybody. And so she okay. asks him and then she has to come up with a cure. Uh, for his brainwashing scent. Okay, <laughs> well, that, that sounds uh, sounds fascinating, and yeah, that's that's like one of the things that I I love about fantasy novels or, or reading fantasy novels is just the the creative um, creativity that goes into to putting the story together, and then uh, um, so yeah, just hearing you talk about it just just gives me gets me excited about uh, hearing about a story like that and, and thinking about the the possibilities for what's going on in that world and and um, what the the conflicts that they need to deal with and, and things like that. So yeah, just just that that little uh, little description there is great. And I'll probably just to to give you a warning, I'll probably have some more questions about kind of how you come up with the the story and develop it and things like that maybe a little bit later on but that's that's great just to hear a little bit of a um synopsis there of the story so where are you in that in that writing process or uh where is that that book um yeah along in the process i'm in the kind of i'm headed toward the polishing stage um, i'm hoping okay. to get it done in a month or so um it, it's taking a while <laughs> Very yeah. longer than I thought, of course. Okay. Um, but so I'm, I'm, I'm fixing plot holes mostly, okay. uh, and making sure everything's logical. Um, I had to add yep. a bunch of scenes because it wasn't quite as uh, it needed to be more complex. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm getting close to having the word count that I want, though, and then okay. I just need to go through and make sure there's no big mistakes. Mm hmm. Is this your first time doing a, a novel or a, is this like a largest work that you've done or have you done other ones as well? This is my second novel. Um, I wrote one okay. um, kind of over uh, several years. I think I started when I was 14 <laughs> in a notebook mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I, that was yeah. my first project uh, and I finished that and then I spent, I, I sent it out, I was querying it, uh, looking for an agent uh, before okay. I got married, so that'd be like five years ago. Um, mm -hmm. and I sent it out like three or four times and got mm -hmm. a lot of rejections. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I finally, I found an agent that I really want. Uh, and so I'm going to query him again. I ta I've talked to him mm -hmm. in person and he said he doesn't mind if I send it again, as long as, um, I'm improving each time. 
But I decided mm -hmm. to just lay that other novel aside uh, because it had some major structural issues, I think, or I okay. just, okay. I needed to learn more, basically. And, mm -hmm. and I had been advised, I mean, different writers have told me that, that sometimes you just need to lay the first one aside and just write mm -hmm. another one, and you'll learn a lot from writing another one. Okay, yeah. So it's, and, and I've, I've kind of heard this from maybe interviews with other authors or that kind of thing, that, that it is a lot of, well, it's a lot of work to write a, a novel, I'm, I'm guessing, but it's also a lot of work to get it published and, and try, to, try to find someone to, to work with you and, and that kind of thing. Is that, have you found that to be the case um, from what you've been describing? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a growing process. I, I'm glad that it is so hard because mm -hmm. I know I would not have wanted them to publish what I sent in five years ago. Um, like that was not yeah. that's not who I want to be as an author. I didn't know it at the time, but yeah. now I can see oh, huge mistakes in it or just like um, bad writing or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And so I am I'm glad that they're <laughs> such strong gatekeepers. But I think it's it's just really uh, it's easy for people to it's popular, I guess, to write a novel, I think, um, okay. or, or to want to anyway. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people try these days, like mm -hmm. more than it was, I don't know, decades ago. Okay. Okay. And so there mm -hmm. and there's also um, online publishing and that kind of thing. So the, the publishing market has changed, and I think they just are, they're really, uh, there's just a lot of competition, basically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so it's maybe even more difficult to get published than it would have been um, a number of years ago. It seems it's, like it, but yeah, I yeah. don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's interesting to, to think about. And maybe, I don't know, maybe there's more people reading uh, um, novels too and so maybe they want to publish more I don't know if how, how that's changed in relation to to the amount of people that are trying to to uh, to get published so that's it's interesting to think about I, I should yeah, I, might, I, I, I should say it's it's hard to get traditionally published but there is there's mm -hmm. a lot of um, you can publish self-publish or even right. like uh, hybrid or indie publishing which would be there are publishers who will you pay them to publish your your book or they'll um, just give you kind of minimal support while you, okay. as you publish it, like you have to do all the marketing yourself and that oh, kind of thing. Yeah. So there's pros and cons to, to both of those models. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always, I want, I've pursued traditional publishing uh, because, well, I'll probably talk about it later, but uh, because mm -hmm. of where I want to go with my books. Like you can't, it's hard to get into like big bookstores and those kinds of things if you don't have a um, publisher that they're, they respect, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fascinating. Yeah. I'll have uh, more questions for you kind of on the, on that whole getting a novel from the, from the beginning to, from an idea into the, to the final form. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Maybe just on a, still on writing. Do you do other types of writing and, and, um, or other, other smaller projects along with it? Or have you been pretty much focused on your novels at, uh, for the last while? I do. Um, I like to kind of stretch my skills as I can. Um, so I write for Daughters of Promise sometimes. Uh, I, or I, I pitch to them most times when they have, they, they have a week for each issue when they're open for pitches and then you send in your ideas. Okay. Um, so yeah, I actually, I wrote one for their, see, I think it's their spring issue. Um, okay. And it's actually a tutorial on writing 
oh. flash fiction, which I write a lot okay. of flash fiction. So flash fiction is like a short, short story. So it's usually under a thousand words. And I really okay. enjoy um, writing that. And so I thought, well, I should write a tutorial about it. <laughs> okay. um, so that's another kind of writing that I do. Uh, I write, I try to write a, f a flash fiction every Friday um, and I post it on Instagram and then also on, oh. on my website. Um, there, I'm part of a, there's a, another author I know who she posts a prompt every Friday. And okay. so okay. I, I, that just kind of keeps me limber. Yeah, that's, that's great. So just uh, maybe just a, a, a short description. What is Daughters of Promise? Or uh, you, you mentioned it. It's a magazine. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, it's an Anabaptist women's magazine. Um, it's mm -hmm. for, it's run by uh, Anabaptist women. Uh, mm -hmm. And they just, I think they just wanted, they started it to make a platform for women who, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, wanted a place to write. And it's, it's a really, I love the organization. I have um, have worked with them before and mm -hmm. uh, I think they do a, very, a really good job. They have art and photographs and mm -hmm. recipes and then all kinds of articles, um, inspirational or how-to or personal stories, just all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, I, uh, I, my wife has um, subscribed in the past. I don't think she is currently, but we have a few of the, the hard copies of the magazine um, at her place and I just every time I see it, I'm struck by by how good it looks. I just am really impressed with with how well put together it is, and and um, yeah, I think they do a good job with that too. Yeah, anything else you wanted to to talk about there on your uh, uh, writing projects or or other things? Uh, well, one other thing that's taking some time right now is uh, I work for uh, Spark Flash Fiction, which is okay. that's where it's an online. It used to be print, but it changed hands, and so it went to online. Um, it's a uh, it's a romance flash fiction magazine actually it's I mean, it's Christian but uh, focused on romance and I wrote some stories for them in the past and so I was kind of mm -hmm. then I saw they were looking for um, editors or several they had several openings and okay. so I uh, put my application in I guess mm -hmm. so now I'm the acquisitions editor which okay. I really enjoy that because it doesn't take very much work <laughs> I just read okay. I read the the submissions as they come in uh, for each issue and just basically I uh, number the ones I collect about 10 of they publish about eight eight or nine every every issue uh, and okay. so then okay. I just find the ones that I think will work and mm -hmm. so I don't have to actually edit them but I get to read them and see what people are submitting and it gets me excited about it um, yeah, so cool. yeah and the, the, we're kind of a a team so we we chat a lot, uh, me and the other editors and the mm -hmm. uh, other people on the team, and we have a social ma social media manager and that kind of thing. Um, so I, I was excited about that because it is a good um, it's good practice for me, and it's good mm -hmm. um, exposure, I guess. Like I've met some other authors through it. So yeah, yeah, I can see how that would be really helpful to have the networking and also to to be. Is it really helpful to be always connecting with? what other people are writing for your ideas and things like that? Or um, would you say that, would you say that that plays into your writing at all? Yeah, I think it is, it is helpful. Um, it helps me to see, especially if I'm looking at it as a kind of critically, <laughs> then I can see, mm -hmm. you know, their, the problems in their writing. And then I think about it connecting to my own. I think it's, oh, yeah. it's a good, I really enjoy editing and proofreading and that kind of thing. So I'll probably always be dabbling in it somewhere.
Okay. Yeah, well, uh, that, that's, uh, that's great. Thanks for sharing those things. Maybe before we get a little bit into your story and how the, um, your love for writing developed and, and that kind of thing, um, I'm, I'm always interested in kind of hearing a, a few other things about my guests. So do you have any other hobbies or interests outside of your writing that you'd like to share with us? Uh, yeah, I love, in the winter especially, I like to crochet. Uh, it's something oh, kind of tactile that I can feel and mm -hmm. I, it helps me to clear my mind, I think, to do something just with my hands. Um, okay. I actually crochet for, my sister has an Etsy shop, it's called uh, Sophia's Cozy Creations and she makes, okay. makes things for toddlers and babies. So I just oh, do projects for her, like little things that she assigns me. Yeah. Uh, so I really enjoy that. And then in the spring and summer, I like to garden and mm -hmm. I like mowing the lawn and doing things outside as much oh, as nice. I can. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's, uh, uh, that's, that's great. great. And of course, I, yeah. I read. <laughs> I should say every, every other spare moment I'm reading. <laughs> okay. Nice. How, many, uh, how many books do you read in a year? Um... <laughs> I'm not sure. Ballpark, like rough. I mean, I probably, it depends what I'm reading. Because I, yeah. I just read the, um, well, the Wheel of Time series. I don't know if you ever read okay. it. It's Robert Jordan I've, and then I've, Brandon Sanderson yeah, at the I'm end. Yeah, partway through it. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I've read the first three, but it's taken me a, a while. It, it takes, get to the next one for a long time. Yeah, it takes a long time. I read those, there's 14 of them, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. And it took me like six months. And I, oh. I read a few books in between there because I needed a break, but they're so huge. <laughs> yeah, and so that kind of, I think that actually cut down my reading for the year because they're, yeah. they're so fat that it would take me, yeah, a week to read one or something. And then, and then I would take a break and, yeah. Okay, well, uh, if, you're, if you're reading one of those books in a week, then I kind of picture I did sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Not each one in a week, but sometimes I, I did, especially when toward the end it got very uh, intense. So I, Okay. Didn't want to stop. But. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's excellent. All right. Um, yeah, well, maybe this is uh, talking about uh, reading and uh, um, things like that. So, so looking back to, are you able to, to kind of pick out where, where you first discovered your love for writing and, um, and where you knew that you wanted to be a writing? Or, um, yeah, kind of tell us how that developed. Yeah, um, I, I think I've loved writing reading and writing I mean, as, ever since I can remember. Like I remember mm -hmm. learning how to read and the moment when I discovered I didn't have to read out loud, like mom had just taught me, I homeschooled, so our mom homeschooled okay. us. So we did, I had a lot of extra time to read. I think that helped mm -hmm. too. Um, and I would write little stories, like I still have <laughs> some notebooks. I don't even know how old I was, but I would yeah, try to come up with little stories um, from okay. when I was very young. Um, and the more I read, I think the more I wanted to read. And I think um, I remember reading like the Chronicles of Narnia and thinking and just loving it. Like I, I loved mm -hmm. the fantasy, the different world, you know, walking mm -hmm. through a wardrobe and, and like, here's this whole new world. And that was just really, I think that probably sparked the desire to write something um, from in a different world or or at least our world interpreted differently right yeah so that was your first introduction to to fantasy or i th as far as i can remember i think so we had like a kind of a simplified children's version um it was just 
sort of a one big book and it was really well illustrated and I mm. I loved that. I, I sometimes I think the pictures almost did as much for me as the words <laughs> when I was that young. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So was that the types of stories that you were writing when you were when you were a child? Like to of different I, worlds and that yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, I don't know that I I wrote I'm trying to remember if I wrote actual I don't think I wrote actual fantasy when I was that young because um, I don't know if I was reading that much. Like I read, you know, Chronicles, Chronicles of Narnia, but then most of the other books were more like animal books or, or something like Black Beauty or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. it just, yeah. um, I wrote hor stories about, uh, you know, girls who lived in tree houses. And, and I read, I remember reading uh, The Swiss Family Robinson. I don't know if you've ever read mm -hmm. that. It's kind of like Robinson Crusoe, mm -hmm. but they get stranded on an island and, um, and I was just fascinated by that. So I tried, I wrote a story called The Pioneer Family. I don't think I ever finished mm -hmm. it, but they went through much trouble. <laughs> okay. And that yeah. was, I, I think I just kind of modeled whatever I was reading. I wanted to write mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, well, that actually, that brings up another question. Is that, would you still describe your writing somewhat like that as as modeling other types of writing? Or does there come a point where where you would kind of step out on, on your own as, as not so much doing that? I think I am learning to uh, step out on my own more. Um, but it is a lot of, like I do need to read, I find that I do need to read good writing or I lose my inspiration. Mm -hmm. like, it's really tough. I got, became much more critical after I became a writer of, I became more critical of other books because not because they were such bad stories, but like if it wasn't, if a story didn't grab me right away or didn't, um, I could see the mistakes in it or something, mm -hmm. then I, I felt like a drain. Like it was just, I'm not learning for, I felt like I wasn't really learning from it. Okay, yeah. If, um, I could see so many problems with, I, I mean, I guess I could learn from seeing the mistakes and then trying not to right. make those yeah. in my own, but it was, it was work. It's, it, it's now work for me to read anything that's not like really well written. Okay. Yeah. So you would find something that's, that's well written to be a lot more inspiring than, than learning from the mistakes of a poorly written um, book or something like that. Yeah. 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 And I'm not sure because I write young adult fantasy now. Um, mm -hmm. trying to see where that is in the I think it's coming up here. <laughs> I could talk about when yeah. I started wanting to write young adult fantasy specifically. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm not sure if it's because I, I read so much of I started reading so much of it. I was really drawn to it. Um, mm -hmm. Well, okay, so fantasy, I think the first time I really wanted to write that way, I think was when I read Ted Decker. I don't know if you ever read. Okay. I, I've definitely heard of him, but I haven't read much of his. Yeah. He has um, a very different style. I think, and when I discovered that, I think my brother had him or something like that, I was just really blown away by his, um, he has a circle, I guess it's a series now, I mean, I think he added a fourth book, so it's not a trilogy anymore, but um, that series just really, it's about a man who, he goes into a dream world, like when he, when he dreams, he's in another world, and it just mm -hmm. crazy things happen, and it was just... Um, I think that really changed me, changed my view of books and even my view of God, because it's very, um, Tom, the main character experiences God in both, or mm. especially in the dream world, in a different okay. way. And it just, it, I was just astonished that, so I was like, oh, I could use fantasy to 
um, I can experience God through fantasy in a, t in a totally different way, um, mm. but it's still true to who God is. Like it, uh. it, uh, I think it made me learn to love God more, actually, because of the way that, he, that God was portrayed in, that, in yeah. those books. Um, so Ted Decker was like my, I mean, I don't want to say idol, but <laughs> he was, I, I don't think he was my idol, but I was very, I admired him very much. And I bought mm -hmm. all of his books, like, as soon as they came mm -hmm. out, and I read and read and read them. Um, and he's mm -hmm. still, I still really admire him. Um, I don't want to write, he's writing more for adults, and I'm, mm -hmm. my style is, is different. Like, I've begun to separate from him, or from that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I still link him to inspiring me to um, make stories that help people experience truth in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's fascinating. And yeah, I think the I I don't know much about this or um, maybe it's more just from experience, my own experience. But I think that imagination and and the creativity that you're talking about there. But but I guess, yeah, more imagination, maybe when we're when we're reading novels and that kind of thing is so powerful for for helping to, to shape us and teach us things. And, and so that's that's fascinating to think about when, uh, when you're talking about the the effect that reading his books had on you and and um and yeah how it, how it changes our, our per perception of god or makes it more real to us and, and that kind of thing um maybe just uh for for clarification and maybe just how you would think about this how what's different about a young adult novel versus a an adult novel like yeah, how do you how do you write differently for for that specific genre? Well, um, I can tell you the story of when I I first picked one up, um, mm -hmm. and I was really struck by the difference. Uh, I think I don't know if you've heard of Twilight, <laughs> but it's yep. it's yep. yeah that super popular uh, young adult uh, fantasy novel that it was just circulating, uh, and I thought I think I was fifteen or sixteen maybe, and I was just like, oh, this is very silly. I'm not going to read this. And um, I was kind of in the age where I didn't want to do what everyone else was doing. But then I was at a bookstore and I picked it up and I started reading. And I was just like, it was, I've never been so struck by a book um, hmm. that I, I was just kind of stood, I was with friends, I think. And I just started reading and I just got in line and I read and I bought the book. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm not going home without this. Mm -hmm. And since then, um, like I know, I'm, there's probably a variety of opinions about that book. I mean, it has some things in it that we wouldn't all agree with. I mean, there's vampires in it, basically. Right. But it wasn't that that drew me. It was the the writing. Like she, I'd never really, I guess I'd never really read a young adult book like that. Okay. I mean, it was. Um, it's very character driven. I think it um, okay. usually is a really. I think that is. I think it's in first person, but it's usually you're just inside the main character's head hmm. and I I think and it's really it's kind of hard to in some ways it's hard to differentiate because I mean and setting is usually a big deal to uh, making it okay. just yep. really like it you're just supposed to be set down in in the story and I think mm -hmm. it follows the main character more closely like you see them as they all their emotions and as, are all the important ones anyway and as they grow I think adult adult novels tend to be a little more set back like they look at more of the big picture okay. than a young adult novel would. I guess a young adult novel is just very immersive. Like you're, 
you're right in the story and you're okay. experiencing it. Um, and yeah, I just never read anything quite like that. So hmm. I think ever since then I would go, yeah, I go to the library. I, I bought, bought them. I would just always go and look at the young adult, especially fantasy hmm. section or spec, um, science fiction, whatever. Um, right. And that just became my favorite thing to read. But over the years, um, I was just a reader for a while there. And I was writing my novel, but I think it was more um, just kind of, it was all for me. Like, I just wanted to write what I wanted to read, which is good. It's good, but I wasn't really thinking about a long-term vision. But then I, I remember, I'm not sure how old I was, but I was looking through the young adult section and I was just getting kind of disgusted because a lot of them, I mean, this wasn't the Christian, there's not, there wasn't really a Christian young adult fantasy back then. Okay. And I was just getting like really frustrated. Like this is, these books are depressing. Like sometimes they would end just horribly or, hmm. or there would be so much just like graphic violence or something like that. And, and it was just, it was so upsetting to me because sometimes the writing would be really good. But then there's these things uh -huh. in there that just like jar me. And, um, and I thought, I remember thinking like, what if I could write something that's this good, like that could be put on this shelf that would actually like mm. bring hope and light into someone's life. Like there are, yeah. especially girls, but, uh, young people reading these books all over the world. And uh, I just suddenly, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I could write for them. I could write something that's, um, that draws them in, like not preachy, not anything, because um, mm -hmm. that just pushes people away and make it like a mm -hmm. real magnetic story. And, but I wouldn't have to have all the things that are offensive or I could just, um, yeah, make the theme or, or the, the point of it, something meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. So is that, is that kind of where your, so you talked about developing a, a vision for your writing and, and that kind of thing. Is that where it's continued to, to point to in, in your writing um, since then, since kind of that, that moment? Yeah. Yeah. It's still, um, it's, I mean, I think it's developed and gotten more, or as I've discovered my voice and, and, um, who I want to be. And um, I think it has branched out a little bit that I, I enjoy being involved in other parts of publishing, or I've learned that knowing all the, the people, um, my ne the network of friends that I have, uh, other authors or editors or whoever, uh, that is a blessing in itself. Like I, I didn't expect mm, that yeah. quite, just to, to oh, be friends yeah. with them is like, they're really inspiring to me. And mm. I think the Christian, especially fantasy, um, genre has grown a lot so there's more okay. more space there um and that is due somewhat to uh, steve lobby is my is the agent that i'm pursuing i've submitted to him before and he's a okay. huge proponent of christian speculative fiction and so okay. and he started a publisher just for that and okay so I, I really want him to represent me because he yeah really believes in in um yeah, Christian fantasy. Although nice, yeah. I think I've, my first novel was more um, explicitly Christian. I mean, it was kind of allegorical, but there was mm -hmm. experiences with God and um, it was also set over a longer period. Um, but since then, like the novel I'm writing now, it's like there is, they talk about God, but it's not, um, that's not the point of the novel isn't like a you know, she learned, she comes to Jesus or it's mm, not, that's right. not the point of it. It's more discovering more about herself, like maybe one step in, in moving toward Jesus. Um, mm -hmm. 
because I want to reach as many people as possible. Okay. And so I, it's hard to write about, like explicitly about Jesus and, and have it be put on just the mainstream shelf. Like it won't be, right. it won't be put yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. So is, and do you, um, is that a different kind of, of effectiveness or, or a attempt to reach people? Um, with that or um, yeah like I can I can see the that there's probably um, maybe good things about both because like you talk about that you're not uh, you're if you write explicitly about it then you're not going to um, maybe reach as many people that that just wouldn't pick it up or wouldn't get presented to them or or that kind of thing but um, are there other things besides just the the story or the the specific like if, you, if you're trying to to point someone to God uh, explicitly writing it into your stories are there other ways that you think that that you can point to to God through your writing hmm. yeah yes I, I think so um, mm -hmm. I think I mean the first thing that comes to mind is I think that we are as writers or writers should write the best story that they can write and mm -hmm. i feel like i'm if i don't if i don't make it um if i'm if he's given me the ability to and the, the ability to learn about it and to grow if i don't make it like the best like the most magnetic story then mm -hmm. i'm not bringing him glory like that yeah. feels um yeah if i write anything in the story that draws the reader out of it then it's like i've lost the potency of the story like mm. if, there, if there's something mm -hmm. they're like huh that doesn't make sense or that character wouldn't have done that because i've experienced yeah. that in other books and it, it is very frustrating <laughs> it's very frustrating yeah. if i'm you know humming along this is a great story and then this happens and i just totally don't believe it um, yeah <laughs> which i mean i can't judge that author may have been doing the best they possibly can but for me personally like if i can see that mistake it feels like i shouldn't make that mistake <laughs> easier mm -hmm. said yeah. than done um, so I think for me, like my main, the way that I want to serve God is it's, it's an art and writing is an art and I want to do it well, like as well as yeah. I can. And if I draw people in, um, because I know other authors that are, they are Christians and their books are not explicitly about God, mm -hmm. but I can feel it in their stories. Like the mm -hmm. themes that come out are more about hope and forgiveness and, yeah. um, breaking free of bondage of your past and things like that. Like, because the theme of my of the secret seller is um, she's learning that the world is beautiful despite its shadows, like despite the darknesses mm -hmm. in it, because she just wants mm -hmm. to stay in control and not um, risk anything. And yeah. that kind of comes from my own experience, like, you know, growing up Mennonite and not sure. And then you become an adult and you're, <laughs> you're not sure where you're supposed to go or, or um, it's so much easier to just stay as you are. And not yeah, to yeah. change anything so that's kind of my own i think that makes it come more alive to me to write my own experiences and then i'm hoping that that will uh connect to someone else who's also experiencing something similar yeah and uh and i love the way you describe that about how important it is to to well to do the best of our ability and that's going to be different for for um everyone like you talk about but yeah i think that's that's so important if we want to bring God to the world that we we 
do the best that we can in the thing that we're called to. And um, I, I think that's great. And uh, just another thing I thought of when you, you were talking there, um, I love the when you, you see some kind of art or uh, a book or um, something presented and you, you kind of get the sense that there's something that I, I really identify or a truth that, that's really being brought out, but you don't know anything about the author or the, um, the artist, and, and so you don't know that they're a Christian, but it's already happened to me where I just really appreciate something, and then I find out later that, that they are a Christian, and uh, it's just, oh, it's really neat that, uh, that it was kind of subtly coming through in, the, um, in their writing or their art of some kind. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a really neat and, and powerful thing. Um, yeah, if you have uh, more things that come through or stories um, from your from your writing experience and things like that as, as we continue to talk here, um, that's great, but maybe we'll kind of transition into um, a little, looking a little bit more into your process for writing and, and, um, and that kind of thing. So maybe I'll uh, uh, jump to the, the third question there in, in section three. How would you describe your process of planning, developing, and yeah, taking a, a novel from an idea into to its, its final published form? How has that experience been for you, or how would you describe that? Well, it has uh, evolved <laughs> over the years. Okay, yep. uh, yeah, I started writing in a notebook, and then I got my first laptop, and I wrote I think I wrote on our desktop computer too, and then I got my first laptop when I was 16 or 17. And mm -hmm. I wrote it on there, and I, that no, the first novel I wrote, is, it was just a mess. Um, <laughs> it just kind of morphed and morphed and morphed. <laughs> yeah. It was a totally different story pretty much by the end. Like, the main character okay. was a girl. That, was, <laughs> that seemed about, about the only thing that was the same. But, I mean, it was better by the end, but um, that was a very disorganized way to do it. And I have not, um, I don't really like to outline. I mean, I don't. I'm not very organized. It, it takes effort okay. for me to organize. Um, but I learned after that, that one, I, was, I did not want to repeat that experience. And I decided mm -hmm. I was going to do better. Um, and so, so, yeah, go ahead. If I may just jump in there, do you, do you, when you're writing that way, did you have a tough time like keeping track of everything? Yes. And keeping the storyline together? Is that kind of what happens? Yeah, I think, I think what happened was maybe I could write that way in, you know, a couple decades when I'm really skilled at plotting, mm -hmm. but I was not very skilled at plotting. And so I just wrote whatever I thought would be cool <laughs> to happen next. Okay. I just kind of, yeah. I sort of knew how it was going to end, but not, there was just, there were a lot of scenes stuck in that didn't even need to be there. Like I didn't understand mm -hmm. a lot of things I understand now about scenes doing a job and like moving the story forward. And it's not just, you can't just put stuff in because it's funny or because it's cool or, or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So I've learned so, so much, like an incredible amount of information since then about how to put scenes together. And I still have much mm -hmm. to learn. But I decided, yeah, that everything needs to count for this next novel. I got a, actually, after I submitted to Steve Lobby, I, he recommended that I find a book coach or, a, an, um, yeah, I guess she would have been a book coach, a writing coach. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I did. I found the one that he recommended, and she was very. She's very organized, and she's written written a dozen books about writing, and she had a uh, work workbook that I could go through. So mm, I nice. I went through that, and I wrote down, I filled in all the questions and all that stuff, and that was a little too much for me. Um, to 
it, I mean, the pa the book was like a hundred pages long, and there was just a lot of writing by hand and the story. Mm. Again, it it was actually hard to keep track of like what I had written at the beginning, and I didn't. I don't know. To it it took a lot of time, but I think it was necessary for me to learn how to. Um, she asked all oh, kinds yeah. of questions like, um, you know, what is this character like to do, and what you know, what are their what what uh bad thing happened in their past and like all these mm -hmm. there's a lot of backstory and that kind of thing mm -hmm. i think it was a very good exercise but i don't think i need to do that every time um okay yep but i i've decided um after i finished that i just went to using just a notebook just a plain empty notebook and i scribble mm -hmm. down any thoughts that i need to work on and i kind of just after i do each writing session then i write down my thoughts for the next one like if well i'm editing at this time so i usually will like just write down like what do i need to fix for the next time mm -hmm. and, and i'll work okay. on this or, or even as i'm if i'm at home and i'm not writing and i think of something i just quickly write it down in my notebook oh yeah so i think that's what i'm going to do for i have another idea i have lots of ideas floating in my head mm -hmm. right now that's usually how it begins. I'm writing one and another idea is up there mm -hmm. tempting me. Like, just stop and come write this one. So I, it, it usually <laughs> yeah, just kind of floats around for several years, actually, mm -hmm. until yep. I get to work on it. Um, but I, that works better if I just kind of let it percolate and it, mm -hmm. it, um, different characters join in. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and then there'll be this person and they'll do this. And I'm just kind of daydreaming it. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm going to try just doing it all in one notebook and not even outlining. I have used um, Scrivener, which is a, it's like a novels software. You can, oh, okay. you can outline your novel on there and I've used that, but it is hard for me to go between that and my, I, I write in Microsoft Word usually. It's hard for mm -hmm. me to kind of go between them. Okay. So I would yeah. rather have it written in a notebook and I can have it right in front of me and then mm -hmm. type it in. Yeah. yeah. So before you start um, writing a novel, how much have you defined the the characters or the the world or the setting? Um, like how much of that is is created before you you even start writing, or does that come together as the as the story comes together? Again, that would kind of depend. <laughs> I mm -hmm. mean, it's changed. Um, over the two novels that I wrote. The first one, I had it, I would, I would walk, walk for hours and think about what they were going to do next. I mean, I, I thought it all through before I, before mm -hmm. I wrote any, anything down, um, or not before I wrote anything down. I kind of, um, I did a lot of thinking about it, but I didn't know how to organize it, I think. Um, oh, yeah. So the next one, um, I wrote, yeah, I wrote it in that, that notebook. I don't know how long, I'm trying to think how long that took me probably several weeks to fill it in the hundred page notebook mm -hmm. with all the questions, answer all the questions. Um, and this next time, I think I'm going to, I just took um, a writing course by an author that I really, I really admire her work. Uh, maybe Maggie Stiefvater. She's a okay. young adult author and she did a writing course and she's very talented. Uh, and she ta says that she just keeps it all in her head as long as she can, because if she starts writing it down too soon, then she just gets tired of the story and she can't, uh -huh. she needs to know like what's going to happen. Um, so I think I'm going to try her method and just keep it in my head as long as I can. Uh -huh. And then she said, once you start to forget things, then you need to start writing it down. So <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm going to try this next okay. time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah i guess like so i was um i i i feel kind of um weird asking these questions because i don't have the like any experience with it but i like to kind of think as i'm reading a fantasy novel i'm always kind of curious how much of this has has been like built and, and developed uh, uh, ahead of time so like i think about like some of the epic fantasy that's being written right now like brandon sanderson's um stormlight archive like i think he said he worked on that for a decade before writing the first book or, or um, um something like that so um yeah i just i wondered if if it's possible to 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 write something like that without having it mostly planned out or if uh so yeah from from your experience like with your your current novel that you're working on um did you have like care is that the one that you planned out the like you wrote in that notebook for a few weeks and things like that yeah so um so do you have like backstories for for characters and and things like that like are they somewhat in your mind are they are they people or characters when the when you're you get down to writing and and working through it yeah i need them to be real people mm -hmm. and i think for me to know how to start i need to understand mm -hmm. yeah to know yeah where they should even start i need to know where they've been <laughs> and who they are yeah. and, and why they're why they're getting there i usually try to take the most main main most main characters um probably four or five of them and, and make sure i have a really good uh, background for them oh yeah understanding how they interact with each other and but a lot of times it does develop as i write like i get to a scene and i'm okay. maybe halfway through and i'm i'm thinking about because um, i'm always trying to make it more like put more tension in and that kind of thing I'm like mm -hmm. oh well what if this had happened when she was young or something like that uh, um, yeah. so i do i i outline like i did outline for this last one um in scrivener i did it but then I make sure that it, I have permission to change it. Like, not just because I'm feeling lazy, but because mm, I can see yeah. that something else will work better. Mm -hmm. So your, your uh, characters do change as the, as the writing process goes on? Yeah, I think they become more three-dimensional. Like they, oh, okay. I try yeah. to make them uh, three-dimensional to begin with, but they always mm -hmm. develop more. And there's yeah. also, I don't put in all the specific things like, um, little ticks that they have or, you know, something they carry around with them or ha little habits that they have. I often will put those in later um, oh, okay. after I've written the rough draft because there's not really any point in putting those in uh, because I'll probably have to edit it anyway. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just because that's not really important. Like what's, what's important is getting the plot down and knowing what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then later yeah. I can say, you know, he loved to drink tea and things like that or, okay. or have him drinking yeah. tea. And also mm -hmm. if, I, if I see that someone, one of the characters is looking kind of boring, I'm like, okay, well, obviously I'm not being specific enough. I'm not making him really clear and making him um, come to life. So I need to give him some real human characteristics. Okay. Yeah, well, it's uh, that's fascinating to think about, and yeah, it's uh, I I've noticed that already too in novels that just sometimes those those little things that that you kind of pick up that a character does in in most scenes or something like that they kind of just brings a little bit uh um more a little bit more uh, out about them that, that you get to know them a little better or something like that so that's really neat. Maybe um, 
you've you've been, you have talked about this this a little bit, so I don't know if you have uh, more to to add on it or more about uh, about your particular experience with it. But um, what has what is the process like of of taking a finished novel or, or maybe finishing it and then getting it published or, or uh, yeah, from your experience, you said you'd gone trying to go through the traditional route. What's that? What are some of the elements of that process? Well, um, I think I learned uh, the most or a good place for me to start was I went to a writer's conference or several um, mm -hmm. uh, American Christian fiction writers is a good one. It's a very big one to go to, but uh, and just to kind of mingle with other authors mm. and then you can, and, and they have editors and, and agents there. So agents would be your, they take on your, if they like your manuscript, they'll take it on and then they take it to the publisher. And most oh, of the, okay. the big publishers, um, like Thomas Nelson or HarperCollins or any of those, they won't, you can't just send a manuscript to them. You have to have an agent. Uh, yeah. So it's, the agent has... I mean, it's a little bit like a real estate agent or something, but they have like a relationship with the editors mm -hmm. and agents and so, or with the editors and publishers. And so the, mm -hmm. if they send something, the editors are like, oh, well, we know you and you've sent us good stuff before. And it's kind of, yeah. it's like an in. There's a trust that's built yes. or something. Yeah, it's yeah. something, I can't really build that trust because I'm just mm -hmm. the little author. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it was, that was a really good experience for me. It was very frightening, <laughs> but you had a chance to, um, you could get immediate appointments with editors and agents just to, okay. to pitch your book to them. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's very confidence building because you have to get it down to, you have like 10 minutes and you have to get a little blurb about your, you usually get like print, get a, a page, get it designed a one page or one sheet, I think is what it's called. And it has like okay. your yep. picture and it has a little graphic about your book and the, um, just a little description, kind of like what I told you, but it would be, better worded <laughs> um yeah. and so then you yeah you give them that and they look it over and then you just have to uh I, they ask you some questions it's kind of like a almost like a job interview or something they ask you mm -hmm. questions and you have to tell them what your book is about mm -hmm. um and then if they like it if they want to see more they'll ask to see a proposal which would be um which would be like your more biography about you and then you have a synopsis uh, which is like a chapter by, or, okay, for nonfiction, for fiction, it's just uh, usually like one page where you just tell the book story. It's very hard to okay. write because it's really bad writing. <laughs> like you just say, and then this happened, and then this happened. <laughs> and oh, okay. so, yep. yeah, they, but they want to see because they want to see how it ends. They want to make sure that you can do the whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. And then, they, then you have, for most of them, then you would have like your marketing plan. Like what do you plan to do to help this book get published? Oh, okay. Like that's kind of a... Um, I don't mind that part terribly. Some people are just really hate that part. Like they don't want to have to go on social media or anything like that. Oh, okay. So you're, you're kind of, it, there's an understanding that you're going to do some promotion of, yes. of the book and that kind of thing too. Yeah. And that's something that's changed. Like it used to not be that way. It used to be just, right. you send in your book and then they, they send it around for you. And I think that's because there are, there's so much competition and the publishers mm. are they can't really keep up and so if you tell them that you'll you're willing to to help them out with that then they're mm -hmm. you're just a better candidate then because because it's a they're not just considering their book your book they're considering you as an author like are you yeah. gonna yeah. You, are you gonna be a good investment i think yeah yeah mm -hmm. okay now what was i saying oh yeah that i gave them a proposal um yeah 
Yeah, so I didn't get any. The first one I went to, I don't think anyone was very interested, <laughs> but it was just okay. really okay. good for me to, um, mm -hmm. to meet them and actually talk about my book like in, um, in an official capacity. Um, and I've been to a few more since then. Um, and fine, I think the last, uh, was it the last time I submitted to that agent, um, Steve Lobby, he said that you should, oh yeah, he said that I should um, maybe just not go to conferences and, and use that money instead to pay for the book coach, so, or the writing mm -hmm. coach. And so I did that and I decided that, you know what, I think I've learned what I can for now at the conferences, like until I get my agent, like I've made a, a fair amount of contacts and, and um, networked with some authors. Um, I would like to just get an agent and then I can go back um, to the conferences and um, then I can mingle with, so even if I have an agent, I would still need to go and pitch um, to publishers maybe. Oh, um, okay. Like yeah. they still want to talk to me and yeah. And yeah. So that was a, a really good way um, for me to get a foot into the publishing world. Mm -hmm. um, I've ex dabbled a little bit. I did self-publish an ebook, a collection of short stories called Stories okay. of the okay. Stars. That was just kind of an experiment uh, to see mm -hmm. what happened. And I didn't really promote it that much. Um, so I think it paid for it, like what I paid for the cover and stuff like that. But I okay. not okay. like a, a yeah. moneymaker. So I actually made it. I um, put it on. You can get it for free if you sign up for my newsletter. Oh, um, oh okay. Just as a whatever reader magnet or for p readers to see a little bit of my writing. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I have, uh, yeah, then I've published some short stuff like flash fiction and some articles with mm -hmm. Daughters of Promise and that kind of thing. But yeah, that's pretty much the extent of my publishing. Yeah. Would you, um, would you ever consider self-publishing a novel or is that, is that not something you can be convinced to do? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe if I would keep, if I'd be trying this for a long time yet and it, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be getting anybody any bites, uh, I might think about it again. But right now, I just don't. Um, it's just so hard to make a splash with self-publishing. Like, I feel like uh, I'd have to really enjoy it and I'd have to be more business-minded. Like, I just don't mm -hmm. really enjoy. I don't mind doing some promotion, but to be the sole person responsible yeah. for it would be just not really worth it for me. I would be a lot of time that I would spend not writing. <laughs> and so yeah. I would much prefer to have a big publisher or any, actually it doesn't have to be a big publisher, but just a, a decent publisher to take it and you know mm -hmm. they can have part of the money. That's fine with me. I just, I want people to yeah. read the story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And that yeah. feels like the best way to get them to read the story, so. Yeah, yeah I guess I probably have no idea the, the amount of work that that goes into getting a book published besides just the writing like you talk about like you mentioned the word business there um and it's yeah i i guess i haven't thought about how how much of a business it is to to uh to get a book on the shelf and and to to convince people to read it too i guess is is um the thing and until you become an established author and and have your your maybe set of readers and that kind of thing. I, I can see how that would, that would be a, a lot of work to do on your own. So yeah, I can see why, why the, the goal would be to, get to, to be published there. Yeah, and that's my, I think my dream is to have readers that trust me or trust mm -hmm. my books. I mean, I have authors that I trust and I just will buy their book or read their book 
no questions asked because I know it's going to be good. And that's, yeah, that's what I want to do and to build trust in, in readers and, um, yeah. And then try not to let them down. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, um, are you going to keep writing novels and, uh, and, and keep working on it, even if you wouldn't be successful in getting published? I probably would. Um, yeah. I mean, there are authors who've written five or, I mean, or who took 15 years to get published. Like I yeah. know one, um, Susan Meissner, I mean, she doesn't write my genre, but she, I think it took her 15 years and she's now wow. very popular and very successful. Like mm -hmm. it just, I don't know. Sometimes it's just the, how the market is like, it's mm. not that you're such a bad writer. It's just, that's not the right yeah. time. Like it, timing is, yeah. and they're, they're not taking that kind of book right now or whatever. Yeah. They have too many of that kind of author. It's, it depends on a uh, lot of yeah. things. Yeah. There are factors there besides just the quality of the, the writing, I guess. But I, I'm uh, just so impressed when I hear stories like that of the, the dedication and, and uh, someone that sticks at it until, until they are successful and able to, to get books published. But then it, it makes me think too, are there people on, that have been writing for years and years that, that we've never heard of that, uh, that uh, just keep trying and, and their books have never gotten published or they're just, they're just uh, <laughs> on, a, on a computer somewhere or on a, on a file somewhere and, and the world's never seen it. There probably are a lot of those out there. There probably are. It, it does seem though, like I'm not, not sure how to say it, but <laughs> I mean, I, I love writing so much and mm. the more I learn about it, the more I love it. And so hmm. like, it is just one of the best things that I've ever done. Um, hmm. I'm not, it doesn't feel like that all the time, but when I look back at the whole, like it is so fun and so fulfilling and it feels like hmm. a, um, a way to grow more in God's image, like you know, to be creative. Hmm. Um, and I think that when someone loves writing that much, like, it feels like eventually they will, it, it'll come through. Like I've heard agents mm -hmm. say that too. Like when someone loves writing mm -hmm. that much, like they have what it takes to get better at least. Like, cause they want to see, even if my writing was bad or if it was uh, needed a lot of work, if they see that I'm willing, like I love it mm -hmm. and I'm willing to work mm -hmm. and work to fix it, then they'd be more likely to take me on than someone who is even better, but who is like, I'm not gonna, or who's lazy or, or just didn't really mm -hmm. care. Like the passion yeah. I think does come through. So, yeah. So hopefully if those people sitting in their basements writing or wherever they are writing, if they have enough passion that hopefully it'll come through someday for them. Yeah. And well, yeah, if they're doing it for anyone that's doing it for, for years and years, they, they must have something driving them yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. And, and yeah, I really hope that, uh, that, that you are successful with, uh, with this one or a future one. If, uh, if, if that's not the case, um, maybe in, uh, in the last few minutes here, um, looking at some of the other other things that you've done with your writing, and so I was looking over over your website a little bit. Um, how do you use your website, or what's the the purpose of your website, and how it fits into your your vision for your writing? Yeah, that's it's it's kind of like a landing page or a home base uh, for me as an author. I mean, it's a place I want people to be able to put my name in and find me. Like that's pretty important because yeah. I do that when I'm looking at. I hear an author's name or someone recommends them, I'm going to look them up and, and see. And so I want to have something there. Um, it's a place people can sign up for my newsletter there. And the newsletter would be more uh, personal. 
uh, I send them updates. Um, okay. I mean, they get the free ebook, and then I will send them any yeah any news that I have. So they would like my newsletter subscribers would be the first to find out if I got published or or you know where I was in the process. Mm, um, yeah. And then I also I post flash fiction on there. Uh, it's okay. not quite every Friday, but I try to. Um, is that the same thing that's on your Instagram? Yeah, or? yeah. I post yeah. it on my Instagram okay. and then I move it over after, or okay. Some, okay. sometimes yep. the same day. But yeah, that way I just want to have some samples of my writing on there so they can see it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then also I have, um, see, I think it's under the stories I'm writing tab. I have information about the novels that I'm working on. I have uh, the the secret seller and then um, the one I had written before, um, Seal Up the Stars. There is actually a sequel mm -hmm. that I've started i had started writing it so maybe someday i will oh, okay. i will finish those mm -hmm. but there's information there and then i have links to the pinterest boards that i use nice. for inspiration okay yeah do you um do you put up any ideas on there for uh for future novels or do you keep those to yourself until you know if they're going to be uh I developed or not i usually i keep those secret or I, I think you can make the board secret um until i'm actually like working on it just okay. because I don't know. I mean, it could be, I might not work on it for decades or something like that. You know, I, yeah. I don't know yeah. for sure. But once I'm working on it, then I usually, I put it up just so people can see what I'm, what I'm working on. And yeah, but I do, yeah. I start the boards usually before it's, it feels like research kind of, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's like a fun research to do, um, just to find a few pictures of yeah. what I'm thinking of. And I'm very visual, visual, visual art, um, Mm -hmm. usually connects me to what's in my head i mean it's a good it's a good way to okay yeah. inspire myself and... so you'll look for images and things like that to kind of help develop i don't know props or yeah or settings and that kind of thing yeah like for the secret seller um the, the setting is really big in that novel there's well the night bazaar is um it's i kind of based it off of florence in italy Oh, uh, I was nice. there one time and it was just a very magical city. Like it was so beautiful mm -hmm. and the the atmosphere was just fantastic I and mean, people were so nice. And I just loved, I, don't, I just loved it. And so I kind of vaguely base it off of that. Like, um, I mean, mm -hmm. it's a fantasy world, but it, it, I think it feels more real when it's anchored in, in a real culture somewhere. Yeah. And then that gives yeah. me kind of research ideas. Like I, I looked okay. into the the families that used to live there and they used to have this rivalry and yeah, that kind of comes out in my story. Oh, neat. Yeah. But then the, the night bazaar, which is, it's an underground market that I was sort of, I was, it's actually the same name as, um, I was in Thailand at Igo, um, okay. years ago and they have a night bazaar It's in, Ch in Chiang Mai. It's just a, a market that opens at night. And it's okay. also very magical. And there's just like stalls along the side of it. They close down the street and then you can just walk along. And there's, you know, singers and um, food and just whatever, whatever you want. And I, I just loved it. And so I thought, you know, what if I put this into <laughs> my story that I'm, I'm working on? I made it more, I mean, it's actually magical. Like they're selling magical wares, but it's yeah. kind of that idea. Yeah, that's that's great. I love hearing the stories of where the ideas for for uh, novels and and um, stories came for, come from. So that's uh, great to hear. Back to uh, to your website, I was going over it a little bit, and something that stuck out to me, I think, because of this podcast project that I'm doing, is I found a few interviews that uh, that you've you've done. Um, where did that idea come from, or where uh, where um, yeah, what inspired that? 
Yeah, I think that was, I was very, I'm trying to remember which year it was I started, but I, I was very um, passionate about uh, people inspiring creativity in others. And I kept hearing, I think it was, I, I moved to, we were living in Arkansas and we were going to my husband's church and people would talk to me about writing and then they would say, oh, I could never do that. Or like, I'm just not mm. creative. And it just, uh, I was like, yes, you are. <laughs> you're, it's, it's actually kind of similar to what you're doing here because you're finding mm -hmm. expertise in all er in lots of areas, not just yeah. not just like art and writing and music. Like those are the ones that people think of, but right. there's so many ways to be creative. And that's basically where it came from. I, and I, I think Made to Create just came to my mind and I, decided to start it up and I was more I enjoyed doing the written interviews more so that was really fun like I got to talk to all kinds of people or email them anyway and mm -hmm. just connect with them um, and I think I hope someday that I can do it again I would actually like to move it to its own website someday okay. I've looked into that um, I would love for it to be like a I don't know like a creative database for Anabaptist mm, yeah. people especially like a place mm -hmm. for them to find um, whatever they need in the in the, in the creative world. Um, yeah. But it, it, I know it would just take a lot of work, and I'm not sure when I can do it. But it's on the on my back burner. Okay, excellent. Is it something you've kind of taken a pause from, or have you still been still I, been doing those interviews? I have. Yeah. I just. Okay. Um, yeah, I just didn't really have the time to do it at that at that point. That's that's the thing with with great ideas is they take a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, you can only do so many of them. Is, yeah, is, uh, is is what I what I find out. So yeah, no, that uh, I, yeah, I really liked it and uh, and was was struck by it when I when I came across it. So that's why I wanted to ask you about it. <laughs> Maybe um, just uh, you kind of alluded to it when you were talking about that um, those interviews that you had done, but. Um, yeah, it's you. You seem to find it important to to want to inspire others to to find beauty and um, maybe be creative themselves or, or come up with with some kind of creation. Do you have anything more to say about that, or or um, why you why you find it important to want to want to inspire others in that? Yeah, um, I I think it's it's part of who we are at, mm -hmm. as being made in God's God's image. And I think that it um, it opens us up, it opens our understanding to Him as a creator. Like it, when we create and feel that joy of you know, mm. pure creativity, um, I mean, it can be so many things. You can bake a perfect loaf of bread and feel pure joy <laughs> that it worked know, out. Yeah, yeah. And I know that we often don't, especially those who don't think they're creative, they don't pause and, and marvel at this. But mm. I think it, it's something that we should do. We should pause and marvel that we can create this. So how much more creative is God if he could make us mm. and then we can create like that's it really blows my mind that he could be so creative that everything he creates is creative. Like that's yeah, it's amazing. And so I would like to yeah, encourage people to just even yeah, to just stop and think about what they're doing and how is it creative. We we automatically find the the best ways to do things and we you know you can be an organization genius you can be all kinds of things and just to make the world more beautiful around us mm -hmm. yeah and i love i i love the description you give there of the joy that we feel when we when we create something 
And I think part of that is that that being created to create that we're truly doing what we're who, we are truly who we are meant to be when we are when we are creating or something like that. And I I wonder if people sometimes associate pride with it and will kind of squelch though that that feeling of joy that that's a that's a perfectly good thing because um, they um, yeah because they're worried about pride or something like that so so I like your encouragement there to just just enjoy that feeling of joy that uh, that comes from from creating something beautiful yeah I think I've definitely seen that are people being worried about being being proud but it makes me sad if they yeah if they squelch it because it's a I think it's it should be praise to God. Like that joy should just mm -hmm. turn to praise and it feels like we're uh, cheating him out of praise if we do something beautiful and then we just don't feel anything about it or, you know, just push it away. Mm -hmm. He's waiting, you know, he would like to feel praise. I think I mean, he, he wants our praise. And so yeah. that's, yeah, it's not, it's not right to him to, to not, um, yeah, to not let our joy go back to him. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Oh, just before we, we wrap it up here, do you have uh, any uh, advice that you'd like to share with those that are maybe starting out in writing or are thinking of, uh, of becoming a writer and, uh, and trying it out for their own? Um, anything you'd like to say to them? Um, well, uh, first, probably read a lot. <laughs> hmm. Like, read what makes you love writing. I think that's, that's mm -hmm. really important um, to learn and read good writing to learn how to do it. Um, and to keep yourself inspired, um, and also um, find an outlet for your writing. I think um, you you might just want to write for yourself, but it is if you want to push yourself and you want to get better. I would find like you could pitch to Daughters of Promise, or you could write flash fiction. I mean, there's several online flash fiction magazines. It's very easy to submit to. You just follow their instructions and you write a little story. Um, I mean, read some examples first so you know what you're doing, but mm -hmm. something like that, it's the, it doesn't take that long, especially, well, especially the flash fiction is less than a thousand words. So for me, it doesn't take that long to come up with the little idea. I mean, you do need to, you want to edit it and things, but if you just try it, um, even if you get a no, that's, you've done it. Like you've, yeah, <laughs> you've yeah. taken a step toward um, being a better writer and being more serious mm -hmm. about it. Uh, I think that made a big difference for me was just to take the step and just face some rejection and um, be okay with that and just accept it as something that's helping me grow. It's making me, I can do better next time. Yeah, uh, that's, that's great. And it's, a, it's, it's a amazing how it can sometimes be the start of something by just taking that first step of, of trying it or, or, uh, yeah, trying to submit a piece of writing or something like that. So really, really like that advice. Uh, do you have any advice for for uh, those looking to expand their reading or just, yeah, you talked about reading is really important with writing too, but any advice for uh, things to read or things to try reading if, uh, if you uh, want to expand your reading? Um, yeah, you could, I mean, do what I do, which is <laughs> I try to read something. I have certain books that I gravitate toward but mm -hmm. I try to just kind of throw in, um, I don't read nonfiction as much. So sometimes I try to just read one a month or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah. I also have like in the morning, if I read scripture for a while, then I usually have like an inspirational, sometimes it's something heavier, like 
I'm reading one by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I think, right now. And I just read okay. a certain amount every day because I'm. St- it keeps me in that kind of, uh, whatever, <laughs> scriptural <laughs> way of thinking. Uh, or I'm, I feel like I'm connected to God and I, my mind is clear. And so that's a good time for me to read something like that rather than like waiting until in between doing dishes and laundry or whatever and just plopping down. I mean, that, okay, w- that yeah. could work too, yeah. but it's just like, that's when my mind is so clear and I have time. My kids usually mm-hmm. sleep in, so that works. But whatever works for, for you, I mean, you have to uh, find a time to fit it in. But also, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I ask, if you have know someone who also loves to read but reads different things, like my husband, he reads more nonfiction and history and that kind of thing. So I'll ask him for recommendations oh, um, yeah. sometimes. And it usually, it works out. I think it's always worked out because he knows me pretty well and so he knows <laughs> what kind i would like um mm-hmm. so yeah well that's great and thanks for uh for sharing what you have your uh, your stories and experience and um and also uh, yeah some things that you've learned and some tips and that kind of thing too and also i yeah i enjoyed hearing the the ideas that you shared about creativity and um and how that how that's part of our relationship with God and and that kind of thing too. I I really appreciated that. Just before we do wrap it up here, um, where can can uh, people find you if you, they want to to read your your things or yeah, what uh, what do you um, is there anything that you want to want to say about where where people can find you or other things you want to promote? Yeah, um, I love I love interacting with people uh, on Instagram. Um, Sherry Youth's the author, and I post about books I'm reading, sometimes book reviews, or uh, I'd also post flash, flash fiction on there and just kind of just a little glimpse into my life. Um, and also on my website, um, sherryutzi.com, you can find more information about me and my stories, and um, you can sign up for my newsletter there and get a free ebook collection. It's seven stories. They're, they're all okay. science fiction or, or fantasy. Um, Excellent. Anything else yet that you wanted to say before we sign off? I don't think so. It's been fun. All right. Good. Thanks again for uh, for doing this. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you, Sherry, for sharing your knowledge with us. I really enjoyed the the entire conversation. I found it very inspiring to hear her descriptions of her stories um, talking about where she came up with the idea and how she developed as a writer and wants to continue to, to develop and, and get better and to eventually see her works published. So I found that very inspiring. I also appreciated her, her desire to help others to find their creativity, to share beauty and hope with the world, but also to find the joy that comes from creating something and to, to being who we are meant to be. So, yeah, thanks again, Sherry, for for inspiring and sharing with us. If you want to find out more about this episode, including some links to some of the websites or or different ways to, to reach Sherry that she talked about, you can go to the podcast website, which is everydayexpertise.ca. If you want to contact me for any reason, if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast or you have a suggestion for someone else, or you want to just give me general feedback on what you have been liking or about the podcast or what you'd like to be better, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at contact at everydayexpertise.ca. 
That's all for now. Join me again next week to learn from the expertise of everyday people.